This episode is brought to you by Nourish, your inner journey to making peace with food. Find out more at jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash nourish. That is N-O-U-R-I-S-H, jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash nourish. Jewish Latin Princess episode 137, Ask Yael with special co-host Sharon Scherder. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess podcast by Yael. Every week, get your dose of inspiration from the world's most uniquely talented Jewish women and from Yael herself. Seeking profound and practical ways to live a joyful, richer Jewish life? Welcome to Jewish Latin Princess podcast. And now, Jewish lifestyle expert and bilingual blogger at jewishlatinprincess.com, your host, Yael. Welcome to Jewish Latin Princess. I'm your host, Yael Trush. How is everyone? This is a much anticipated Ask Yael episode um, that I'm bringing you today with excellent questions, as always, and with a very special co-host, a listener of the show. But before I bring her on, a few housekeeping announcements. Number one, if you haven't heard episode 136 with wealth attorney Natalie Gold, it's literally gold. It's a must. We talk about wills, trusts, life insurance, healthcare proxies, powers of attorneys, such important stuff. And don't think it's boring. It's actually <laughs> Natalie. There's no way Natalie can make this stuff boring because she's just her energy is just so great. And these are things that we all need to take care of. So better that we learn from somebody who could really get us motivated and truthfully, some of these things just cannot go on to the bottom of your to-do list. They just can't. You have to have a will. You have to have life insurance. If you have children, these things are top priority. And now, thankfully, I have already set up the powers of attorney for my husband and I, as well as the healthcare proctors, which I have to admit, had fallen through the cracks. It was on our to-do list forever. So I'm happy that after my conversation with Natalie, I took care of that. And I'm working on that trust, which really feels like a big adulting step. But um, but at least listen to the episode and be sure to get your stuff done. Um, be sure to start moving in that direction. If, if if For sure, if you don't have life insurance, you must, must get that. If you haven't don't have a will and you have children, Again, you have to get it done. Um, you can always head over to lifelegacylegal.com, which is a service that Natalie offers. I'm not, I'm not, this is not an aff- affiliate link at all, actually, but it is a service that I find really, really neat and interesting for anybody who needs more guidance on these docs. And you can probably download some document templates, I believe. Just check it out, lifelegacylegal.com. And the episode is interview 100, episode 136. It's a fabulous, fabulous interview. It's a real gem. And think. speaking of things that are gems, I will say for all of the Spanish speakers in the audience that I will run my five-day challenge to set you up for wealth very, very soon, November 2nd. So yes, you heard that right. We're going to get to work on getting our finances ready and ourselves ready to welcome abundance, to really build wealth systems and mindset, all the stuff that you need to set you up for wealth, how to charge more, how to monetize what you love, how to manage that money so that it actually works for you. We're going to have together five days with me for free where you're going to learn so much. Everyone who did it last time truly took gained so much from it and I promised to deliver again. So I still have actually people emailing me, thanking me for the five-day challenge that I did a couple months ago. So the fun starts again November 2nd. If you want in on the action, 
just head over to jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash lista and register for the awesome five-day challenge in Spanish. Now, I don't want to leave my wonderful English-speaking audience behind. So what I'm offering everyone... First of all, I will be offering a five-day challenge and a program for you come 2021. No question. I've already told everybody since months ago, since the summer. I said, don't worry, I'm opening this again. Um, I ran the program in the summer. I'm opening it again in, in 2021. But in the meantime, I am definitely getting you involved. And here's what I'm offering everyone in the English speaking audience who sends me someone towards my challenge and they stay with me through the challenge and enroll in my Jewish Money Matters program. I'm sorry, Jewish Money Makeover program, which I always open during the challenge, right? You will get a special invitation to a mastermind with me and my peers who are in the business and personal finance space where you get to literally come mastermind with us and you could see what we talk about, what tips we have, what advice we can give you. You get to ask us questions. And if you've been in any of my programs and you've heard my guest experts, the people that I kind of hang out with you, Barbara Stani, Francisca, Debbie Sasson, um, Janet Kaploon. These are real, well, you don't know all of them, but I'm saying like business women, entrepreneurs, experts in the personal finance space. Um, it's a powerhouse. So what I'm offering you guys is the chance to come meet with us as we ourselves have these conversations. So um, I think it could be a lot of fun. I know it's going to be a lot of fun to come hang out with us. So all you have to do is really just after you know, when I'm running the challenge, just send people through the challenge and then let me know, hey, my friend, I don't know, my friend Melissa enrolled in your program. I'm so excited for her. And then we'll just send you the link and the date to join us in our mastermind. And it's going to be, I'm really excited to do this with you guys, um, to connect in this way. And again, I will be running a program for you. But in the meantime, we'll get to connect in that way. You'll get to share with us, you know, what are your struggles? Where are you holding in your personal finance life or in your business life? And we get to talk about money and business together. Okay. And I guess also, if you really just want to hold your spot for the next program, then just also join the waitlist. That's also a great thing to do. JewishLatinPrincess.com forward slash waitlist. All right. So that's for housekeeping. I'm really excited about that. Now, who's ready for some awesome Ask Yael questions? I am. But, but, but wait, before I begin, I do want to share with you a great clip from an interview that I did recently what I got to, where I got to talk a bit more about business with business coach, podcast host, and music composer Francisca, whom I mentioned before, on her podcast, The Francisca Show. And I know you've heard me talk on her show several times, but here she did like a little... um an episode where she was talking about ambitious, she was talking to ambitious women growing their business. And she did little clips where she, I think she asked just pretty much the same questions. And I never really shared that angle that I shared with her in that conversation. I really never had touched upon that stuff here before with you on the show. So I thought it would be really nice for you guys to just listen to that very short conversation. So here's what I had to say about growing our businesses. Well, thank you for having me here. I am the Jewish Latin princess, or so they call me. I help Jewish women live a joyful, richer life by helping them make more money doing what their soul is being called to do, fulfilling their soul's mission and becoming great custodians of that money. And the way I serve these Jewish women 
in this way, several. I, as you know, I host a podcast by the name Jewish Latin Princess. That's the name of my brand. And I also have a signature course called Jewish Money Makeover, which I do. It's actually a program, not a course. Um, it's just a word that people are more used to, but it's a signature program. And I do it both in English and Spanish, which I'm actually finishing now and I'm opening again in the fall. And I'm a keynote speaker and a columnist. So I do it. I do all of that in many different ways, the podcast, the writing, the public speaking and the signature program. Wow. Beautiful. Yeah. Really encompassed. So who is your ideal client? My ideal client is Jewish women who are ready to infuse Jewish wisdom into their financial and business lives. And they're, like I said, they're ready to step up to a place where they want to be doing something that is aligned with their soul's mission. And they want to have a relationship with money that is a positive one, that they're really being amazing agents and custodians of that blessing that is abundance. Love that. So how do you find your clients and where? Yeah. So it's an amazing thing because the podcast I would say is one of the best sources for me in terms of, I have a relationship with my audience that is built on trust, right? I come, I've served them. I serve them every week. There's an intimacy when you're listening to somebody on audio, right? Um, so that's one place. There's obviously also the connection through my newsletter. I'm pretty active in, you know, being, um, talking to my audience and I try to do that regularly at least every week. And then there's social media. And it's interesting because there's a lot of crossover and also because I serve the Spanish market and the American market. Um, there is a lot of crossover. Um, and I'll find people who find my program through social media, but they didn't even know about the podcast. Right. But then they'll convert to podcast listeners and then I'll find podcast listeners who find out about my programs. They, they pretty much, they know, right. But when I first was started with a program and they'll convert into, you know, part becoming part of my program. And then in terms of keynote, right, it's the same thing, right? If organizations hear about me and I get hired and I'm speaking publicly very often, I, I, I speak about my work and what I do. Right. So then I drive people into both either to the podcast or the program automatically, they go into my newsletter, you know, and so on and so forth. I have a Facebook, a private Facebook group also that I opened a few months ago, Jewish Money Matters. So I have people there who are not yet on the podcast. So it all kind of like felt they, they all complement each other and work beautifully. Yeah, that's great. So it's really self-made. Like you have all these different platforms and that's where you, I guess, groom or, or create your clients. Yeah, exactly. That's how that's how I nurture the relationship. It's all about relationship. It's all about intimacy. I mean, for me, sales is intimacy. It's a it's a trust relationship. uh, And that's that's those are the different ways in which I nurture those relationships. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Okay, so what would you say your biggest challenges in your business right now? What are your biggest challenges? I'll tell you what it is. My biggest challenge, and I think a lot of people could relate to this in your audience and probably yourself, is working on the business and not in the business. So you get to a point where you have to be really careful not to get stuck working in the business because you have to be working on the business. Only you can create that strategic content. Only you can, you know, that just depends on you. But then it comes to a point where you have to hire people to really manage the stuff that really needs to get done behind the scenes instead of you getting stuck 
working on those little things. So there's always that I, Baruch Hashem, thank God I have somebody really capable now helping me. Um, and I've had her already for a couple of months. So that is, that is that, that beautiful balance of stepping back and saying, I need to hire somebody to take care of this because I need to be working on the business in order to serve more people in a better way. But if I'm tweaking technology or copy or landing pages or I can't be serving. I can't be creative. I can't be talking to those humans in the way I need to be talking to them. And I love that because many women, I'm sure who are listening to this right now, are thinking, all this sounds so intimidating and there's so much, and technology and just there's so much to navigate. So hearing that, you know, you can transition as quickly as you'd like to out of the whole nitty gritty and focus on your actual content is a great thing to point out. Yeah, yeah, you definitely can. Obviously, you have to, at at the beginning, there's a lot of guerrilla. You have to do certain things. Like you might not at the beginning be able to pay somebody to do it, but you have to pick and choose and you have to always have in mind where you're going to invest in your business, how you're going to invest in your business because you need to be working on the business. Love it, love it. So what would your one piece of advice be to anyone listening? Hmm. Let's see. Well, that was a pretty good one. Uh, Let me just position this question. Okay, fine. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, I would say, oh my gosh, I have, I have three that come to mind, but I'll give you one. And if you want two more, I'll give them to you. Okay. All right. The number one that came to mind is focus on money making activities. That that's, that's really top of mind. Like, and I think a lot of very often, and I could say this for myself, um, we make the mistake and we forget that it's a business is not a hobby, right? It goes a little bit back to what I was saying. So focusing on money making activities is really, really important. Like, is that blog post really needed? You know, no, creating the program and making that offer. That's what's important, right? Um, then there's always being generous. I'm really for, and you know me for many years, I'm a firm believer in being generous. And you can already tell, like I have a podcast, I have a news, always add value. Like, and the reason I say this is because you'll then never, ever have a problem selling again in your life. Like be generous, add value. You won't be selling a thing. You're not selling. You've connected with your audience. They trust you. You have a relationship. And then the third one, and you're very gracious to let me speak, um, is be messy, be messy. Like stop thinking that you have to always have it all perfect and planned out. And what's my, what's it going to look like? And what's my, you know, depending on everybody's business, right? If it's songwriter, like just be messy, like put that offer out there, get that validation from the market, get that feedback and then iterate and iterate fast, right? Don't wait till all the pieces have been solved till, you know, I know exactly what I'm going to tell them. No, no, no. You don't really know. First tell them one little thing, then see how they react. And then you'll tell them the next thing. Love this. Okay. So a little bit back to the question before, because you said, what was the challenge? And then you sort of said how you've overcome that challenge. So back to what's your challenge. I'll bring up a question. Yeah, let me phrase it this way. Uh-huh. You have been challenged with being able to monetize what you're doing. And I think many of yes. our listeners here are either right now in this space. So the question is, what changed for you? What has happened for you? Or what did you do 
to finally start monetizing what you're doing because what you have been doing until you started creating your programs was tons of work. But it wasn't the classic way of, you know, you go to school and then that translates into a job. How, how did that go for you? Love the question. What turned the wheel is deciding what problem am I solving? What problem am I solving for you? And this is something that I had a really hard time. It took me a long time because for many years I was just speaking to Jewish women who had many, many problems. And I kept saying, I see four big problems, but there's really one of them that's really unique to me, to my personal experience, and that I could talk about till I'm blue in the face. Like I'll never get tired about it, right? I could talk about money and making money in my sleep, right? It's And, and also because I had so much experience with ups and downs in money. And, when, and so when I started talking about that, and it goes back to validating, the feedback was like, Oh, wait, 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 well, what? You didn't tell me this before. What can I hear more? And I was like, oh, there's something here. And I was like, I, I hit a raw nerve. So whoever's wondering, how do I find that? Just get very clear on what's the problem that you're solving. What's that pain point that somebody out there has that you can solve that because we all have a toolbox, right? And we all come with something unique. So look in your toolbox, toolbox, sorry, and see what is it that I'm inclined to? Where's like, what is that natural inclination? What is that thing that I gravitate towards that the world also needs? There has to be a match, right? Um, so that's really what did it for me in terms of really money making. You know, I was getting paid for sponsorships and for speaking or whatever, really going out there and really feeling like this is generating a constant revenue and this is something that I do, you know, and I'm known for, and I'm solving people's problems. And then the value, you know, it's just, it's just a value exchange, right? The money is just something else that just comes naturally with it. Um, that's, that's what did it for me. Love it. All right. If you want to listen to the full episode, head over to the Francisca show episode 103, and you'll get to listen to other Jewish business women give their take on very similar questions. All right, let's get to our questions for today. before today I have a super special co-host with me a listener of the show a longtime listener of the show Sharon Shorter welcome to the show it's so good to have you here yeah so good to be here thank you so much for having me on I I, I, I always like to know from my listeners who sometimes come and co-host how did you originally find out about the show? And I think I've even answered your questions, which is so exciting because now you're here with me answering other listeners' questions. Yeah, it's absolutely hilarious. So I can't even remember how many years ago it was, but I've always been listening to tons of podcasts, but I had no idea there was this whole world of religious women just empowering other women speaking. And I found, I stumbled across you. It must have been suggested through my, I don't know, iTunes or something. And mm. I just started listening. It was amazing. And I it, I learned so much. And I even then after a, maybe it was an Ask Yael session, I sent you in a question. Yep. 
Yep. And I remember the question. It was, we talked about art and investment banking because you're an artist and you also work in private banking, right? Tell us about your art. Tell us about what you do. Um, yeah. So it was hilarious. I think you were somehow talking about your background because mm -hmm. you also worked in that kind of world. And I love art. I love math and finance too, which is just such an odd mixture. And I have fallen into both of them, which is quite amazing. So I did a banking and finance degree and that kind of led me into into private banking. And then when my eldest daughter was still one five years ago, I turned back to my original love of art mm. and started painting again. And that I would do in the evenings. And I've kind of then managed to continue doing both as the years have progressed. Wow. Wow. And I see that you're now on Instagram. I see your beautiful Jewish art, right? It's all Jewish yeah. themed, which is so awesome. Well, that was kind of part of why I turned back to art because something bad happens mm -hmm. in your life and mm -hmm. everything that you thought and you understood falls apart right. especially with me I'm religious with my relationship with God I was confused and I needed to kind of try and find my way back and that was through you know quotes or just imagery and it was just surrounding myself with that beautiful mm -hmm. color and meaning is kind of trying to make sense of the situation and and get through it yeah and thank god i know you're a mother today so you've yeah. not only did you get through that experience but you've been blessed in that regards you have a you have a baby at home don't you i know i've lived uh, so it was five years of just like horribleness mm. which for anyone who's going through infertility is like it's a whole ball game because yeah. i felt pregnant very quickly with my eldest so mm. I had no idea of this whole other world but I've now been blessed with two little boys nice yeah one after the other which is crazy so wow. I'm wow. on maternity leave at the moment well that's nice to be in maternity leave <laughs> it's, it's a good thing <laughs> everyone should move to England because you get a year here <laughs> you're amazing you still get to you you're a mother you're you're focusing on your art and you're still working um and um yeah and well enjoy the maternity leave days because um who knows what's going to be when you go back to the office although it'll be virtual probably at this point who knows when we're any when anything when anybody's going back right who knows? Who right. knows? Until then, we have your podcast to listen to. So oh, thank you. That's so sweet. You know, it's interesting. You reminded me the importance, and I'll just say this again as a reminder to listeners, the importance of those iTunes reviews, because that is probably how you said you said probably was an iTunes recommendation that is really how uh, the best way to to find the show and the way iTunes works is that the more reviews we get and the more often we get reviews on the show the more iTunes pays attention and attention and kind of throws the podcast out at people so thank you iTunes for sharing the podcast <laughs> with Sharon and thank you ladies who've sent in reviews because you're helping the show get to other women um who appreciate it. So I'm very grateful for all of that. Now, Sharon, today we have really, really good questions from our audience. And funny enough, I didn't know when I told you to come co-host with me that the questions were going to be pretty much up your alley. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, there a lot of them are money-related questions. <laughs> I was laughing away. I've got so much to say. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy. Good, good. So this is a good shit. This is a good match. Um, and by the way, for anybody who's listening, you can always... Um, you can always DM me on Instagram at Jewish Latin Princess or drop me an email and let me know that you want to co-host. In fact, last th for this episode, we had so many people um, 
want raised their hands that you wanted to co-host and um, Sharon you were the first one so I kind of have a a, a a lineup of ladies who are who are waiting for the next Ask Yael so also send in your questions because then that is what we're going to be basing off the the show off of your questions listeners so DM me on Instagram with your questions or send me an email and we'll just I usually kind of send you an answer right away or a very short answer um, and then I tackle it here on the show. So Sharon, why don't you tell us the first question from our listener, who I think was anonymous. I said anonymous. Yeah. So I'll start. Hi, Yael. I grew up with parents who fought about money. I think because of my past, I have some deep rooted fears around ending up totally broke and imagining myself destitute under a bridge. I recognize I have a scarcity mindset that I want to change and I've been working on it and I don't want my kids to have the same. So what should I answer when my kids want something and I can't buy it so that they don't inherit negative inherit negative feelings about money or a scarcity mindset? Isn't this a great question, Sharon? Well, yeah. So good, right? I think it's something that so many of us can relate to from all angles, from all angles. One from, you know, maybe perhaps having been brought up with, you know, that kind of baggage and that kind of money story. And we're working through that. And, you know, and just from a parenting angle, I think it's very common for kids to ask things and we want to um, set some boundaries, set some limits and teach them about the value of money and things. But we don't want to do it in a way that instills the scarcity ma- uh, mindset. So what would you say to this anonymous listener? <sighs> so I really, ha- I really thought about this. There's a, such a balance between bringing up our children with understanding of, you know, the value of, of balance and the value of money mm-hmm. and not being too spoiled with them and not being too stingy with them. But having said that, there is no need to equate scarcity and fear of money together with, but my love, you can't have that. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily need to have everything. They don't necessarily deserve, sorry, not deserve because they deserve everything. They don't necessarily, um, it doesn't need to be equated with, oh, but we don't have the money for this. Mm-hmm. So it could just be, you know, from a perspective, from an education perspective, we, 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 it's not that we're not buying it because we don't have the money. It's because it might be at the time that it's just not needed or it's, it, it, they can work their way up to it. So for example, you can introduce pocket money for the child so that they can actually start to understand, you know, counting up those pennies that's going to add up to that thing that they want to buy. Mm-hmm. Um, but that scarcity mindset, which this anonymous reader has been talking about and they're working on it. I think first of all, it's incredible that they've picked up on the fact that there is a mindset around money and it's about abundance and it's about, you know, it's just, it's just a neutral, a neutral resource that we can make the most of. And it just flows and Hashem has given it to all of us in abundance. Sometimes there's less just in that situation because that's what God has decided you're, story needs to have as part of it 
Um, but I don't think it needs to feed into the children in kind of a that scary manner. Um, but yeah, what, what do you think about that? Yeah, no, I, I well, I agree with you that I think it's awesome that Anonymous, you recognize it. I mean, awareness is 95% of the work. So you know that you have that hurdle to climb. And by the way, this is not unique to you. So many of us have this, okay? You kind of already know what quote unquote demons are kind of like lurking in your subconscious, right? And they're going to come like gremlins to sabotage whatever financial progress you try to make. And that's okay. You just have to know this and shine a light on them. And I think you're already, you're, it seems like you're already doing this, which is why you're asking such a smart question about, you know, I'm dealing with this. I don't want to pass this on to my children, right? Um, so I want to, before I even address the part about how to answer the kids, I also want to say to Anonymous about this area, just to remind her about things that you could still, you could be doing to kind of keep filling your subconscious mind with like new thoughts about money, you know? Well, first of all, listening to conversations like this, like Sharon and I are having, right? That's a good step. Anything that, any conversation that is about money, anything that's reading more about money. I've had fabulous authors. I'm sure you've listened to those episodes, Sharon, on the show about money, like Barbara Stani, Debbie Sasson. I mean, they've both actually been also guest speakers inside my Jewish Money Makeover program. Uh, Barry Tesler has been on this show, Ashley Gersler, other entrepreneurs actually who talk very openly about money. I think I had yeah, Ellie Vogel. That was a really powerful episode. Actually, maybe that's that's one of the episodes afterwards. I think you contacted me, Sharon, because she's an artist. Um, and I think that's when I mentioned about my background. But anyways, I've had these types of people in the show. We've had these conversations. So I think listening to this stuff, I've had Chagit Levayev. Um, look out for those episodes, Anonymous, if you haven't yet. Um, I think it's important to surround ourselves with as much positive information about money as possible. I know that Barbara Stani, she always recommends to women who are feeling a little bit financially, whether it be financially illiter- illiterate or terribly insecure on money doing, due to their upbringing, she always says to read or to listen to something short about money every day, just to kind of like, you know, start leaving that imprint um, Um, And I would agree with that. Um, I would add, though, that learning it from a Jewish perspective is even more essential. Um, And, you know, I'm a fan of that, Sharon. You know, I'm a fan of like learning things like the gate of trust. I think it's fantastic. It's something that you could do in small bite sites daily. In fact, there's I don't know if you follow them, Sharon, but there's a really good Instagram account, um, gate of trust. Uh, Do you follow them? I recognize that name. Yes. Um, if, if you're going to love it, I mean, it has awesome daily content pulled out from, you know, everything is based on trust and, and very often the content is goes to money, right? Because they're so intertwined. Um, so if you're an Instagram anonymous and, um, you should check that account out. I myself try to post almost daily something about money since I've been teaching more and more about it. Um, you could also join my private my private free Facebook group, Jewish Money Matters. Are you in it, Sharon? No, but I didn't even, but I've, I've then been following and seeing your, you know, the p- posts that you've been doing on Instagram and your 
exclusive club that you have with regard to it. No, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I have an uh, I have a membership club in Spanish, actually. Um, but I also have this private Facebook group where I try to provide content that is exclusively about money, uh, about money weekly, because, as opposed to, you know, like just talking about other things that I may be putting on Instagram or whatever. Um, but uh, additionally, I just want to say also to Anonymous, like things like EFT, like, you know, tapping, emotional freedom technique, affirmations, vision boards, they're all great tools to keep kind of like changing our subconscious mind. In fact, you, you'll like this, Sharon. I had an expert guest come to my private membership community um, in Spanish. It's called Momentum, and it's it's all, all about taking care of our money. And um, she came in this week to talk to us. Her name is Vera Gabizon, and she's going to be on the podcast soon. And she came this week to talk to us about vision boards, which was so super fun and powerful. It's not something that I've done before, but you probably would love this, Sharon, because you're a visual person and an artist. And she was teaching us all about really creating vision boards for our financial goals, any goal in life. And why it's so powerful and how to actually do it. It was a fabulous session. So anyway, things like that, yeah. she actually calls it like a way to hack your brain. <laughs> and I think that would be, wow. Yeah. It, it, this woman's talking about, she grew up with parents who fought about money. So mm -hmm. she could create a vision board about all the beautiful things. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So anyway, I'm going to have Vera come in the show and explain a little bit more about that. I'm going to talk about it on Instagram a little bit more also in English so that, you know, everybody from different languages can benefit. But those are just different tools that that we could do. Um, in fact, you'll be fascinated by this. She came and she talked about the vision board, but not just for for ourselves, but she even said that you could do it with your children or you could teach your children to do this for things that they want in life so if they want wow. a new bicycle or whatever you know like really really interesting but anyway so that's on on her personal side and keep working on that mindset I think she's doing great but those are just some additional ideas and things that we could always add on to our toolbox to keep improving Um, and as far as the kids question, yes, I have a similar approach to you, Sharon. Um, I love that she's, she's mindful to not transmit like this scarcity mindset, um, that she's working on to not transmit it on the children. And I think the best way to do it is number one, I would say normalizing, normalizing money conversations in the household, you know, like being open about money, not, not making money, this whole taboo thing at home, like really just making it a, just a normal part of life that we talk about. Um, I don't know if anonymous is married or she's a single parent, but either way, making it something that is normal to talk about and it's neutral and you know not emotionally charged. I know that can be hard for people, but specifically, I would say also, saying to your child, you know, we are choosing or mom and dad or I, depending if you're raising your child by yourself or whatever, we're choosing not to invest in this right now because we're investing in other things. And you might even let them know what those things are. You know, it might be that there's a big family trip coming or up or there's a down payment for a home or something like that, a bar mitzvah, whatever it might be, right? And you can facilitate options of how he could save up for that expense, like you suggested, Sharon. You could also give the child options, you know, like, that sounds like a great idea. And I'm willing to go 50-50 with you on that expense. And you allow your child to come up with a with 50% of the, the payment, right? And oftentimes, 
they want it badly enough that they will work towards that goal. And other times they realize they don't really want this thing so much, you know? Oh, if you're not buying it for me, I don't really want it, right? (laughs) So the idea is to have the conversation. And again, like you said, it does, like Sharon said, it doesn't have to be from a scarcity perspective. You know, it could be, that sounds like something we're willing to put some of your guilt money towards, you know, some of your Hanukkah money towards, you know, the idea is not to say things like we can't afford it, but rather how can you afford it? That should be the approach. How can the, how can you, the child afford it? And I'm willing to help you perhaps if you are, you might not be willing for whatever reason, but if you are, you know, how can we afford it or how can you afford it and help them think through that. Um, so instead of we can't afford it, we're choosing not to invest in this right now because we have other financial priorities, but let's figure out how you can make this goal happen, right? So it's a different messaging, I feel. Um, I feel like it's much more empowering and it teaches the child a valuable lesson, like patience to achieve his or her goals instead of that, you know, kind of immediacy, like we we want things now, right? Um, and there's definite value in, you know, learning to work towards something. Um, so that that would be my approach, what would you yeah. say? A hundred percent. It the just the just the statement of we can't afford it is a scarcity mindset. Right. So, right. so just shifting that yeah. and, and being careful with the words that one uses with their children. Um there's no jealousy involved with what everyone else is up to, keeping up with the joke, just shifting all of that. Right. I think this woman's gonna gonna flourish oh gosh yeah she's gonna do great especially because she's so aware of this I mean I love when people like you said at the beginning like that they 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 know what they're tackling you know Uh, so I I love this question so thank you anonymous keep us posted and now we have a question from Shifra Devora and she says she has a question around investing and she tells me she knows I'm she says yeah Elle I know you made some financial mistakes in your past particularly with investments and I'm wondering if you can help me I've also made mistakes and I I feel stuck as though I can't move in my financial life. I'm wondering if you have any tips around forgiving and moving forward. I do, Shifra Devora. Um, and Sharon, I don't know if you know that specifically what she's referring to is I had a tremendous loss of our savings early on in my marriage. Um, and it happened just as the last recession kind of, yeah, it was just like, just as it was about to happen. So here we invested a ton of our savings and boom, all of a sudden we kind of lost all that and job prospects weren't really happening. It was just a little bit of a mess. Um, And that's number one. But even further back, I'll say, and this is ironic because I was working in investment banking. So I, when I was pretty young in my early 20s, I handed over money to stockbrokers and I didn't realize and a pretty big amount it was was my first bonus I think I was 21 it was something like $22,000 and I didn't realize the heavy costs and fees that were involved in those investments and I kind of buried my head in the sand I didn't look at this for many years and over many years I incurred a lot a lot of fees which really were eating up a lot of my gains so those that's what specifically Shifra Devora is referring to really hungry for? What if you could make peace with food and your body without restrictive food rules? 
Join Rena Reiser, mind, body, and compassion coach in her program, Nourish. You'll learn deep principles and practices to help make friends with food and discover a more satisfied, fulfilled, and calmer you. Learn more at jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash nourish. It's not a food plan. It's not a healthy lifestyle program. It is so much more. It's an introspective journey where you'll learn to reparent and repair your relationship with food, your body, and yourself. Check it out at jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash nourish. know these financial blunders that I made Sharon <laughs> did you know about them I knew about your bonus thing I think right it meant have you mentioned that before it could be it could be yeah I talk about it so yeah. let me tell you let me tell you what I am um, what I would say to Shifra okay I would say she talks about forgiveness like how to forgive myself and I think that forgiveness is kind of like an ongoing process. It's it, it's not like flipping a light switch. It's not something that, okay, here, I've for, I, I forgiven. Neither to somebody else and neither to yourself. I, I feel like it's a two-part process. And the two parts of the process for me is number one, letting go and letting God. And then number two is moving forward. So in other words, it's a, it's a reframing of the past and including God in that picture and that past and reframing that whole situation and it's also a stepping into the future. So number one, we have to understand that God was also in that picture. So when we do that, I think it really allows us to find the purpose and the meaning behind the quote unquote hurt or quote unquote mistake or failure. You know, I'm using air quotes here, right? It's like, yeah, we may have made a choice, but we made it with whatever resources we had at the moment. And God put us in that crossroads in that moment and he allowed us to make that choice. So obviously it happened because there has to be some meaning and some purpose in it. And we have to, we have to find it. And we, if we don't, we don't, if we don't come to terms with that idea, the feeling of paralysis that she's describing, that's what's going to, that's what's going to really over, overtake us. The feeling of paralysis, of failure, of anxiety, they're going to keep showing up and trip us over. So, Similar to what I said to Anonymous before, I said like things like journaling helps with this. Things like EFT, tapping helps, talking to a coach, talking to a friend, a husband. You know, you want to get to a place where you're not blaming yourself for whatever, again, air quotes, the wrong might have been. And, I, and I'm saying this, I, I had to go through this process. You know how many years I was like, how could I have done that? I was responsible. And one day my husband's like, you were responsible. Like, that's pretty arrogant. You know, like, you're what, where's God in the picture? Like, you were responsible for the loss of $100,000? Not really. We made certain choices, but come on. And so we have to start seeing the lesson and the value in it. And this, this level of forgiveness is what really moves you from a point of victimhood to a point of empowerment. Um, and I always say, like, if I hadn't been through those experiences, I wouldn't be able to teach you and other women this stuff. Like I've, you know, like I've run my, I've ran my Jewish money makeover program several times in English and in Spanish. And it's amazing. It's amazing what started as a four week kind of experiment. Cause I, I, I sense that there was such a need for these conversations has ended up becoming like a longer and more robust course, which I'll be talking to everybody soon about later. Cause I'm going to launch in English, by the way, in 2021, I'm about to run it in Spanish. So very excited, but back to Shifra Devora and forgiveness. I 
wouldn't be able to do any of this work had I not had those experiences. That's part of there was, I now know there was a meaning and purpose. And more importantly, I would say I wouldn't have the marriage that I have today if we hadn't go th- gone through that. So there, so I want Shifra Devora to really just try to think about that and say, okay, God was in it with me. Like God is here. There's a purpose and, you know, and just step, just own that. And, but with partner with God in that sense. Okay. So honoring the, the hurt, the loss, whether it's like the, a bad investment or a business partnership that turned sour or a move to another country for a job opportunity that didn't turn out as expected or it's a marriage that ended in a way we didn't expect it or a job that we didn't take, whatever that hurt or whatever that loss, we need to make peace with it. We need to let go and let God. And that could be an ongoing process. It doesn't need to happen overnight. But then alongside that process, Shifra Devora we have to take baby steps. We have to move forward. We have to, while we recognize the thoughts and the emotions, we have to, that are that are there, that are present, that are kind of lurking, we have to take actions that are gonna create new emotions and beliefs. So if for you it's, I, I can't invest because I invested in a bad way, well, I need to start at least with savings. I need to up my savings game. And I need to, after I've done that, I need to, I need to start taking the baby steps of investing and I could learn more about how to invest differently. You have to take those little baby steps because only the new action, the practical action is going to create new thoughts, new emotions and new thoughts. So what about you, Sharon? What would you say? And do you have any financial blunders hiding in the closet? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so firstly, everything you said was just like perfect. I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, And I will actually also just add a few things with the caveat that I am certified to give financial advice. This is not financial advice to go to whoever you're going to go to. This is not, not, not financial advice. Any disclaimer, (laughs) all disclaimers possible. So I don't get in trouble with my company. Um, But it's, it, it, let go, let God is just 150%. This was meant to be part of your story just like what yeah what you've done with your situation you've just kind of elevated it made it just just perfect and 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 helpful and has just made sure that it's actually added um Shifford's Vera you're going to take this situation you're going to be so much more savvy the next time you get an investment opportunity right you're not going to be um you're going to look at all the fine print you're going to be so careful you're also going to I feel like with investing I'm such a conservative um but you ha- when you invest, you just have to invest money that you think that you might never see again. I know. I don't know, y'all, if you'd agree with this, but just investments are just like just risky. They're risky, unless even a bank. If you're putting money in the bank, you know, um, each com- each country has its own regulations in terms of if the bank goes under. Um, but we saw in 2008, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but 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 on the flip side, it's risky. But then it's also just money. It's just it's just again another resource and in terms of forgiving and moving forward like we have Rosh Hashanah we have Yom Kippur every year and this was just something that you've also just you know that was in your past and that's happened and 
I'm sure you, there, you, it doesn't sound like there's, there's no like sin involved. There's no, nothing of terrible course, involved. Exactly. And, 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 and what we do every year with Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur is, is to, you know, to put kind of a lid, to close that door, you know, this year's passed and now we, we, we're moving on to our next year. And yeah. that's probably something that Shifra Zavara can think about in terms of, you know, this chapter in her life has finished. There's money that's been lost. She will get it back one day through. Mm-hmm some other way or it was meant to be lost because as you say it was it was part of of a divine plan um but it's it's yeah that's I I think I think all will turn out all turns out okay in terms of any blunders on my part I'm just so risk yeah I I, I said yeah but I lose money then I'll gain money as it and that's kind of part it's part of the game of the <laughs> investments I, I I yeah it's kind of it's so funny because I um so you told me how I see it with investing I, I I I see what you're saying and I agree to that to a certain extent especially if we're talking about investing in you know what we call stock picking or you know or some well you love art some like things that are like extra you know like art as an investment you know if you have the extra cash flow please by all means be my guest invest in art in fact buy Sharon's beautiful art okay (laughs) but I'm saying like things that are a little bit more risky like I'm not I'm I'm investing in Sharon's art let's say just because it brings me pleasure it's not it's it's not because I'm 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 now thinking that in 20 years it's gonna make my fortune it's gonna you know I'm gonna marry off my daughter on on this money that's not it but (laughs) maybe I will it could maybe Sharon (laughs) but then there's a difference exactly as you're saying between liquid investments and and illiquid exactly exactly Exactly. So I do have to say that women tend to be a little bit more conservative and sometimes to a fault and not invest in diversified portfolios because they feel a little bit nervous. So I'm a big fan of putting some money consistently into investments into a very diversified pool of low fee index funds and just leaving it there not thinking about it. You know, that's just money that's growing there. And I'm a big fan of doing that for your children also. But like Sharon said, not money that you're going to need in the next five years. You know, that's not the money that you need soon to marry off your daughter or to have your son's bar mitzvah or for your down payment of your home. That's just money that you're saving long term. So I mean, I, I hope that helps. Um, anything you want to add? Yeah, perfect. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, Shifra, just move forward. We're with you. God was with you. It's, you know, it's a loss. It's like, as they say, a kapara. Um, and, you know, keep working on your savings goals. Keep, um, if you've already s- saved for your, you know, six months, I would say, of living expenses, and you don't have any other major goals that are short term, they need to save for start investing in your future and don't do something that's terribly risky, like pick a stock and then, you know, kind of wait it out. No, just invest in index funds, ETF, something low cost to diversify just a little piece of the overall market, the overall economy. And, you know, start doing that. That's what I would say. And you'll feel really good. But obviously, start with your savings cushion first. You always want to have, you know, at least six months of your expenses kind of like in a safe place. You don't want to, you for sure don't want to invest that. All right. So Sharon, why don't we, you tell us what our third listener is asking us? So this is also from an anonymous person. 
They say, I listened to your podcast and heard on heard you on other people's podcast and you always speak about the importance of Masa, giving 10% of your charity and something I always feel guilty that I don't do and I really want to do. I don't know where to start. Should I go onto my bank account and look at my income for the past year and make a spreadsheet? I just don't know where to start. I also want to know if you have any resources of where to start. Okay, so I do. I do anonymous. And I actually just spoke about this a couple, excuse me, a couple of weeks ago on my Instagram. And I have a video on IGTV where I talk about MICER. And here's what we are going to do. Okay. You're not, I don't want you to work retroactively. I, I, I just, I don't want, I don't want you to start, go, like you said, going back to what you earned and do we, building a spreadsheet and all that. Let's just forget that for now because that's just going to keep you paralyzed and you will then keep feeling guilty because you're not getting to your objective, which is to give Maser. That's your objective. So guilt, let's get rid of that guilt because we're going to move forward. We're going to start doing it right now. Okay. We're not going to wait until we figure out what happened in years past. That's just kind of like it's done. So let's focus on today and set you up towards the future. So you're going to do three things. Number one, you're going to go online if possible, and you're going to open a master account, or you're going to go to your bank if that's, you know, what's available in your country. You can do it that way too. But what it is, is you, I want you to open a separate bank account that is designated only towards MICER. And you're going to give it a name. You're going to give it a name that inspires you. You know, this account um, could be called MICER, could be called Tzedakah, could be minus gold Hashem's blessings account. It could be, it's funny, I, I just showed it to a client of mine. She was like, oh, finally, I get to see. I just showed it the, in, the, in the screen. <laughs> you could give it a name that inspires you, okay? Um, and it could be tied to your checking account. It could be a different um, it could be a different account. It could be checking or savings. It doesn't really matter to me so much. It needs to be only for that specific purpose. That's what's important. And it has to be something that is cheap. You know, hopefully there are no fees attached to it. So kind of do your homework a little bit. And it has to be something that's easily accessible, meaning you can send money out from this account very easily. Okay. So if you're in America, banks like Capital One and other online banks make it really easy to have these types of accounts. So that's number one, find a way to open your designated MICER account, make sure that it's cheap, that they don't charge you terribly high fees, hopefully no fees, and make sure that you can transfer money out of it pretty easily. Number two, once you have this separate MICER account um, set up, you're going to start funding it. So this is where it starts getting fun. That means that any time that you get paid, whether it be bi-weekly, monthly, whatever it is, you're going to transfer 10% of your after-tax income into that account. If you can automate that process through your employer, even better. But even if you can't, which is the case for so many of us, because we're not like traditionally employed, then, you know, God made the math so easy. (laughs) I mean, everybody can do it. So everyone can sit once a month, twice a month, or on pay date or the nearest money date that you have. Hopefully, all my listeners are already having regular money dates, I hope. <laughs> so anytime, as close to pay date as you can, let's say, and you're going to transfer 10% of that income into that MICER account at the click of a button. Literally, pretty easy, okay? Now, step number three, and this is the really, really fun part, now that your account has money in there, you're going to open it periodically, ideally, again, during every money date, every week, every two weeks, whatever. And you're going to send the money to those causes and or individuals that are near and dear to you. And of course, 
if you get notifications of people who need money in between those in between that period you're just going to open that account you're going to send the money away so that means that you're giving constantly and pretty consistently and that's how you take care of your miser it's just three simple steps to becoming a giver we're not we don't need to wait till we're like what's the word in english i don't know in, in spanish is magnate magnate i don't know like a billionaire or whatever we don't need to mm -hmm. wait to until that point may we all be at that level but to become givers and we're not really meant to we're meant to be giving all the time we're meant to be cultivating and developing that sensitivity towards giving continuously and that's why a lot of the sages teach us from uh, not just from Hasidic sages, from, oh my gosh, the Chofetz Chaim, so many, they teach us that it's preferable to give smaller amounts frequently than large amounts once a year. Because again, we're emulating God in the sense of giving, being givers. So now Anonymous, you're set up to be doing that. Sharon, how do you go about your miser? I love that. Owl. So I actually had a wonderful experience just before I started working. Mm -hmm. um, I was an Aish Madrachah. Mm -hmm. um, a in, in, and we went, I visited a, a company in America called Meridian Capital mm -hmm. and there was this woman in this grand office and I said to her how have you got here how have you succeeded and she said I can give you my tips she would get her paycheck mm -hmm. and without even like thinking about it without any emotional nothing she would just take that 10 percent straight out oh wow. as a straight straight out no, no questions asked just 10 percent of that paycheck out into a separate account exactly as you say because you just need that separate account and together with some other tips she, that was just so profound because you know professionally we can get all caught up with our salaries or our income mm -hmm. or, and and Marcia is just, is it's not, it was never our money to begin with. It's for someone else. Exactly. It was just, we're meant to, it's channeled through us. Exactly. I just thought it was such fantastic advice. And so I do exactly that. In England, it's quite straightforward. There's tons of charity accounts that we can set up mm -hmm. um, that you just send it through. And every month we just double check that the numbers make sense. We do have a spreadsheet in in me and my husband because we're just mathsy nerds mm -hmm. and but it's just so straightforward and then but I will add to it that you know then the next stage that this lady can do once she's got everything set up is start to have fun with actually the laws of Sadaka of who and what she should be prioritizing yes. And again, that's so straightforward because there are just tons of books out there. My dad, for example, is obsessed. He's write, written like a safer with lemons, easy giving, like, because I was just like, who am I meant to give to? What am I meant to give to? It's all too much. I can't cope. Right. And just like, it was just a, a blo uh, just a, a page of, you know, these are the most important people, X, Y, Z, da, da, da. And mm -hmm. once you also know who you're giving to and these charities that you're giving to mean something to you. The pressing the button and shifting that 10% from your bank account to this charity account is going to just be so much easier. I know, I know. And it, it's, you know, we talk about it feels good. Listen, we don't do it because it feels good. That's certainly not why we do it. We do it because we have to because it was never our money. But like you said, it does when you find the places that are meant to have it that really feel meaningful to you and that follow the laws of the priority, which have been established by our sages, then you're just you're just so happy. Like you, like Anonymous said, I kind of feel, I feel guilty, right? Well, the guilt is going to be gone. <laughs> it's so straightforward. It's so easy to get rid of that guilt so quickly. Yeah, yeah. We can just yeah. start doing it from yeah. now. Yeah, we and, and I'm glad we had this conversation because I feel like this is one of those things that we 
just kind of know that we should be doing, but nobody ever told us like exactly how. So hopefully we've distilled it and made it pretty simple for Anonymous and for other listeners. Now we have a kind of like a connected question from Frida. I hope it's Frida or Freda. What do you think? I think it's Frida. Um, She says, yeah, Elle, I loved your video about Maser. I think she's referring to that video that I just um, mentioned. Question for you. In that separate account for the Maser, do you recommend that we keep a cushion in it or are we supposed to spend it all to zero every month? Great question. Spend it all. Spend it all. Exactly. <laughs> Spend it all. Exactly. That's what it's there for. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that, that is, that is the answer. The answer is this yeah. is not your savings account. This is, you're not meant to keep a cushion there. There's no need for it. Um, you will probably be able to spend it all to zero every single month. And that's what, going back to what I said before. It's one account where you'll feel a lot of pleasure and emptying and not that we're we don't do it because of that but you will feel the joy of emptying that account you might not feel it and you don't want your other accounts to be in a balance of zero but this one you do um and it's always good just i was actually reading this the other day um that the sages when they talk about um about Meister, um specifically they always bring out well as i said before the idea that um that were meant to be given con- constantly. And they bring out that the Rambam, for example, mentioned specifically when they talk about the scenario, they mentioned the Rambam, like the, the, he said that everything is judged according to the multiplicity of the action, right? So that mm. 100 donations of $100 are more praiseworthy than one donation of $10,000. And as I said, the Hofetz Chaim talks about it. So many, the Alter Rebbe talks about it in Tanya. You can find it. Um, I think it's one of the letters, actually. There's also a, a Hasidic discourse by the Tzamak Sedek um, on that. And it's really, really, really good to learn, Frida, if you're into that. Um, if you're into learning, I think you can find it in English as um, The Art of Giving by one of those, uh, the Heritage series. Um, um. But the short answer is what Sharon said. No, forget about cushions, just give from that account and if you have leftover over there for some reason that's fine you know you're gonna have plenty of opportunities to give and if the account's down to zero no need to worry because soon enough there will be money in it again that you'll again you'll be giving out and again it'll go down to zero and that is the whole purpose of it i actually had i know of a gorgeous story Mm -hmm. whereby someone had lost their job and they went to their rabbi and said you know, what should they be doing about their master? Mm. Because they don't have the income. And their Rob told them, calculate how much you want to be earning mm-hmm. and continue giving that. Mm. Wow. And they then did and they figured it out and they got their new career with that amount of income that they were giving mm-hmm. every month to their master account, wow. which is obviously like just a crazy idea but there is something to be said for that constant act of giving yeah 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 then also benefits our lives yeah i love that story and something to be said for the the power of visualizing how much do we want to be giving and you know making this part of your the why of your money you know the why do we really want this money right when we dive into Rosh Hashanah and Kippur right like I I know that this year for example my husband we've done it other years we sit down and we said okay how much do we want to give like you know that's really and that is the goal and then Hashem will take care of making sure that that 20% is there or that 20% is there right 
because it just, again, going back to the vision board, it's just visualizing and articulating and saying, okay, I'm partnering, I'm partnering with you, God, and this goal um, can be really, really powerful. Um, so by the way, I didn't ask you, the lady who told you about how she was doing, she had a separate account. Was she Jewish? The lady who... The lady at, at, um, at that bank. I don't know if it was Meridian. What did you say? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was from, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. She was a from lady who had worked her way up from secretary to one of the partners. Mm. And I just was like, and she was from, and she had this wonderful family and just, you know, it was kind of a role model to me, um, at that young age. And I just wanted her tips and tricks, you know, and and that was part of, you know, not getting too caught up in, you know, status and the, et cetera, just, you know, just knowing that she was just a conduit to then continuing that money flow to walk to onto other people. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, Sharon, this was so much fun. No, <laughs> it was amazing. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming and That's having these good conversations with me. And thank you to all the um, amazing listeners who submitted their questions through Instagram. Most, I think most of them, those, these came through Instagram. Tell us where we can find you, where we can find your beautiful art. We'd love to, you know, indulge. Thank you. So I'm on Instagram at Sharon Skirder Art and my website is SharonSkirderArt.com. Skirder is an S-C-H-U-R-D-E-R. Thank you. Beautiful. So we'll be sure to check it out. And everybody just remember that you can always send in your questions um, through Instagram at Jewish Latin Princess or drop me an email, Yael at Jewish Latin Princess. And I will try to make these happen every month. I know I haven't been as consistent with a monthly Ask Yael's, but submit your questions and we'll make sure that happens. And thankfully, we have a lot of co-hosts lined up to help me get my job done. Thank you, Sharon, for being here with us today. Perfect. I look forward to coming again. Again, have a lovely, lovely day. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes, leave a rating, and share the podcast with the Jewish women you love. To access today's show notes, ask Yael a question, or suggest a uniquely talented Jewish woman to be featured on the show, visit JewishLatinPrincess.com.